you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everybody, Pro Bowl's here. An awesome Pro Bowl starts with awesome players and your vote helps decide which of those awesome players gets a spot on the AFC and or the NFC roster. So show your love, cast your vote, and make sure your favorite players make it to the 2020 Pro Bowl. Vote today and be entered to win exclusive prizes at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. And you know, now that we're on the subject of football, let's start the show. Broncos in the nickel, third and 10. By Singletary, and it's caught for a touchdown. Cole Beasley. He beat Devontae Harris. 18 yard touchdown pass. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello and happy Thanksgiving football fans. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program presented as always by Zaxby's, the home of the famous chicken fingers, wings and salads. Go get you some, a good primer for eating poultry on Turkey Day. Go eat some delicious chicken, and I recommend the wings. Spaghetti loves the salads. You can't go wrong over there. You couldn't go wrong if you were watching pro football, especially if you love defense. Actually, scratch that. After week 11, where it feel, where it felt like defense ruled the entire weekend, I think that uh, week 12 had something for everybody, some shootouts and some defensive struggles. And what emerged from that as we await the Monday night game at the time of this recording, uh, the Ravens playing the Rams here in Los Angeles at the Coliseum is the Dallas Cowboys, the state of America's team before the game. If you missed it somehow, they were talking about uh, or there were rumors floating around that the so-called mutual interest exists between Jason Garrett and the New York Giants, which I guess means Eddie Spaghetti back there behind the glass, that the Giants are going to move on from Pat Shermer. Obviously, that's a pretty simple math to do. And the Cowboys, despite being in first place, seem ready to move on from Jason Garrett, even more so after the game in Foxborough. I mean, for a team that is in first place 
and lost the game by four to the defending world champs. A little surprising of how harsh uh, Jerry Jones was on that. Then again, if you watch the game, it did have one of the, was one of those games that you felt like, boy, Belichick is just outsmarting the other sideline. And that's the reason that the Patriots are winning. The other thing that emerges from it is a lot of skepticism about how far Tom Brady can take this Patriots team. But of course, with that defense and with Bill Belichick, This is, if you believed in the 2015 Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning, surely you see that Tom Brady is superior to, I mean, I know that's damning with faint praise where Peyton was at that point in his career. I still think that Tom Brady has more than enough to take down the rest of the AFC. They would still be my pick, and they still are my pick, to get to the Super Bowl at this point. How say you, Eddie Spaghetti? Uh, I think right now it's the Ravens conference Mm. to lose. I think uh, tonight's game will be very interesting to see them play the Rams on the road uh you know the Rams still have some pieces but uh, right now it's going to be hard for me to pick against the Ravens in any matchup until I see Lamar stopped and shut down uh it's hard I, I it's just one of those things I don't know why I have it in my head that if you're a mobile quarterback who could run the ball when he needs to run but could still pass the ball and destroy you with the pass plus they have a really good running game it's like a, I'm not going to pick against that team the defense is doing its job as well so right now until I see that shut down maybe in consecutive weeks I could say okay there's a problem on the flip side with the Patriots is like they're showing a little bit of openings of what their flaws are as well. Tom Brady's not having a great season. You know, they uh, Nikhil Harry in his second game uh, in his career did have a nice touchdown catch, so he could be a threat. But, you know, their defense is as good as it is, but when your offense is barely scraping by 17 points, like 20 points in that range, it's, you know, you could get beat by a dangerous offensive team. I guess so, but it is something that we've pointed at all season long. This is the year of the defense. It was fairly predictable, in fact, even with all the rules that favor offense, that in the never-ending push and pull of NFL offenses and those coordinators versus defense and those coordinators, that this was the year that the defense would rise back up, playing off of what we saw the Patriots Patriots do in the Super Bowl to the Rams. The defense won that one. And this year, it feels like more often than not, the good defenses are winning. And in fact, it doesn't just feel that way. That is the case. The best teams in football right now, the teams that have the number one seeds on both sides of things, like again, I I know I'm patting myself on the back for saying this, but you could see this coming. And that's why I had the Niners winning their division. We'll see if they have enough to hold on with uh, with a really brutal schedule upcoming. But still, the reason that they're winning games, the consistent threat, at least for these Niners, has been that defense. And now here comes Jimmy G in that offense. And again, like we foretold, those pass catchers, the young ones tend to take. They don't hit the ground running. Jerry Rice, I know this is uh, ancient history to a lot of people out there, but Jerry Rice, even Jerry Rice, did not splash in week one. He did not make it big in in September. At the very end of his rookie season, that's when he kind of took off. And now you see Debo Samuel starting to make some contributions. And not coincidentally, George Kittle's out there to distract those uh, those defenses. And, and so is Emmanuel Sanders. These Niners are legit in my book. And the thing I keep thinking about them is how many big time wins have they had? People keep wanting to express skepticism about where this team is going. I wonder how many big-time games they have to have. Their only stumble was without George Kittle, the all-pro tight end. So you remove him from the equation. It's understandable that they would lose that one. And they still just about won the game against the Seahawks were it not for that missed kick. But in the meantime, when they took down – remember when they housed the Browns? Everybody swooned over that one. Then they whipped uh, the Rams in L.A. and people went crazy over that one. They vanquished – 
uh, they vanquished now the Packers with a dominant performance last night at the time of this recording. They they whipped that team. So I don't think the Niners are are some mirage as we head into December here. Uh, what else, Spaghetti? What else jumped out at you from Week Twelve? Um, and uh, and and this gathering storm. I guess the thing that people are talking about is the two teams that played in Foxborough. Tom Brady's health. You know, as I, I just explained why I think that I see it, I obviously get it. And the Cowboys thing is interesting because they do feel like they're underachieving a little bit, mm-hmm. but they're in first place. And I had the Eagles winning the division. But if you look at how things shape up for the Eagles, the way Carson Wentz with the bad hand now, if the Cowboys just straight up, they play the Bills still, the Cowboys have... Another tough one beyond that. The Cowboys have the yeah, the Bills on Thanksgiving. And the Ravens. They're uh, on the road versus the Bears. They have the uh, their home versus the Rams, and then they have to go to the uh, Philadelphia for the Eagles, and they have the last game of the season. Oh, I the thought they had the Ravens in there too. Okay, I'm sorry, I forget that. So basically, that division is going to boil down to, and, and actually, that's even optimistic for the Eagles at this point. But let's say that the Bills on on Thanksgiving go into Dallas and take them down, or yeah. they stumble in Chicago or something like that, then. The Eagles, if they win the head-to-head, but the Eagles now, it's almost essential that the Eagles win that game if they have a shot at winning the division. And the way things are shaping up on the NFC side, it's their only shot at the postseason, too. And then the curse of Sposta will have claimed one Carson Wentz. We saw before the season, he gets all that money. He was supposed to step right in for Nick Foles. And if Nick Foles could do it, the logic went, then surely the second overall pick, the more talented quarterback, would fly in 2019. So far, not so good. And they're tracking to miss the playoffs unless, at minimum, they go down to Dallas in a couple of weeks and vanquish that team. Yeah, that the Eagles-Seahawks game was a weird one. I know, like, Brennan Brooks missed it for, like, um, like mental health reasons where he came out of the game. Like, Wentz with the injury, he's not looking right. The receivers all year have been miserable. There are some reports that... Uh, that uh, Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey do, do not mesh well whatsoever. There's no rapport between them, which is you don't want to hear that. Obviously, everyone's been saying since last year the ball gets forced to Zach Ertz, whether that's right or wrong. Um, you know they can't decide on a running back. It's just there's a lot of issues with that team. Whereas Dallas, I think on paper, maybe outside of their secondary, you could argue at like every level they're as good as you could possibly be. Um, you know, obviously Zeke, Dax, MVP type player this year the receivers are, are great with Amari Cooper Randall Cobb when, you know, when he has played he's actually stepped up he had a decent game yesterday when uh, Amari Cooper was shut down by Stephon Gilmore the offensive line obviously has some absolute studs there defensive line same thing linebackers really good young core plus you have Sean Lee the veteran so it's like th- that team makes sense as to why they should win the division but even though they're complete on paper they just never put it together on the field consistently. And now is that an issue of Jason Garrett or is that an issue of, I don't know what else it could be. Maybe the talent, maybe they're not as good as we perceive them to be. Well, but they're loaded. They are. And, and it's funny because if they lose to the bills and the way the bills are playing, which is possible, that was a pro football team that the bills hosted on Sunday and they annihil the defense just completely shut them down. And the way Josh Allen's looking, and here comes Devin Singletary and the rest of it. I, th- I mean, you know, the the um, the cynic would point to Smoke Brown being their one good pass catcher that they have. But look through it. The teams that make hay in the postseason do not have a high-end wide receiver. That's sure. not a reason to to doubt them. And Josh Allen is starting to erase a lot of the skeptics out there right now. Um 
and I wonder if they beat if they I, this is a big one. I my my confidence that the Cowboys and we'll pick it on Wednesday with uh, um, scheduling alert for you. We'll do our usual Wednesday show on uh, on the start of Shecker season. That's on the eve of Thanksgiving annually, um, and uh, so we'll pick those games with Cole Wright and Handsome Hank, Matt Money Smith out and about with the with the family in town. We'll do our picks for uh, for the Thanksgiving games and all of uh, and, and Week Thirteen coming up um but i mean obviously if the bills go down to dallas i don't does jason garrett make it through the year the way jerry jones is talking about him i don't know what this is a classic uh to me it's a game and the bills are you know they could very easily get on there and win that game they could win that game by i think multiple scores too but i have this in my head for some reason that the cowboys with jason garrett they find a way where they get you know they're they're down in the dumps and jerry jones will make some comment and like you know the local stations or whatever and then they'll find a way to win and squeak out that game and they just get let jason garrett he's hang the on. t1000 yeah. man you never you cannot you cannot exactly. do anything to to stamp him out fully if you think you've broken him into a million pieces he'll reform when the floor heats up and he'll reconnect right. and, and take a new shape what do you think though spaghetti about the, so given that and, and and that's exactly what i i think the cowboys my my expectation is that the cowboys will write the ship that isn't really that wrong to Agreed. begin with and they will win at home mm-hmm. Because Jason Garrett has been, it's felt like we've seen this scene, uh, as opposed to Steinbrenner, Billy Martin, back in the day. I don't know if you know those names. I know you're a Yankees I, I, fan. I'm familiar, you're, yeah. You're a young man, yeah. and you don't care about anything that happened pre-96. I enjoy the Yankees' uh, deep uh, history, yeah. So it's like that those two, that there feels like there's this undercurrent of strife, except the big difference is, is that, Jason, that uh, Jerry Jones never does fire Jason Garrett, and Jason Garrett ends up saving his job every time. Um, so that's my expectation this time around. But if they lose that game, it's going to get ugly, and they're in first place. I know. Uh, and, and, it's- and no matter what the Eagles do, they're still in first place because they have the head-to-head against them, right. and yet it'll feel like the sky is falling in Big D. I do think it's a tough environment on Thanksgiving Day, which is you know what the Cowboys always play, and you're the Bills you, know, you have to go into their environment where they are the division leader, and they can extend that lead, and you, you know that Jason Garrett, for the, I would say for the first – real time is playing for his job and this is still one of the more talented Cowboys teams we've seen in quite some time uh, you know if you're going to match up the players like is you know you're going to take Amari Cooper over uh, Cole Be- Beasley which actually would be a pretty funny revenge game if Cole Be- Beasley has a m- monster game for the Bills but I could just see it being one of those like Zeke goes for 100 Amari Cooper wakes up I could see Josh Allen maybe letting a ball sale or two ball sale and a couple interceptions um I, I don't know I I, I'm going to go with Dallas in this one because I just think they just are are used to this situation where the Bills, they're our younger team. This is something they're not used to in this environment. But uh, yeah, if it, if the Bills go in there and win by ten points, I mean Jerry uh, Jerry Jones will fire Jason Garrett on the spot, and he will have to leave the stadium with security or something. Well, good news, he has a soft landing spot up in uh, the tri-state area by I, you, huh? Spaghetti. What I cannot care. Jason Garrett? It's like what is the connection that he was a court a backup quarterback thirty years ago or something? Like I, I doesn't I don't get it. Does feel awfully uninspired before there before you even put out feelers for the the big names in college football and otherwise that 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 you would just resolve to hire jason garrett there are guys in the pro ranks who make a lot more sense than jason garrett and then i mean to go back to all the way to the the coughlin era when you're replacing coughlin who is a legend who is arguably one of the you know besides parcells probably the best next best coach in the giants history and you're going to go and 
bring in Ben McAdoo, it's like, okay, I, I get it. Like, you know, he coached Aaron Rodgers and the offense looked great with him. We'll see what happens. He's never had a, a crack at a head coaching job. You know, he did make the playoffs one year. It didn't really pan out. Then you go and hire Shermer, who failed with, you know, a few teams, failed with Cleveland, but they said, no, 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 he's good with quarterbacks and we're going to, you know, win the transition from Eli to the next guy. And then that's not working out either. So it's like, why bring in a retread, a guy that was just day in day out just killed by Dallas media it seems like he has no relationship with any of his players they don't respect him and it's like to bring him in here when you have a great young core I don't know I think it's smart to go with the younger a younger option um, on the college ranks if you want you know, I think maybe they need a big name that that's what the giant the Giants only care about it's like this weird thing that these but this would be there's have. a reason why when you, you people always say oh well that show actually you see it a little bit more in the 21st century but in network TV when a big show gets canceled, you think, oh, well, can't what? Why? So why doesn't another network just grab that show? Because it has a stink on it. It wasn't sure. good enough for somewhere else. But now we're, we're going to pick it up. It, it, it has a weird message. The Giants are going to go get Dallas, Cow- uh, get the Dallas Cowboys head coach, the guy who's never been to a Super Bowl Plus or anything. The rival. It makes no sense. Be but, weird. but they'll they'll sell it as that he was a Giant and they want to keep it in, in family. And it's just this weird thing these old school franchises want to always do. And it's like to me, there's a, I can think five of the top of my head coaches I'd rather have than him. But uh, I actually don't think they'll fire Shermer this year. I think they're going to maybe not. Him. But but it, it is uh, another example. And in fact, one of our chief examples over the last decade here of doing this show that certain guys why this is true you can debate the the nuance of it belichick is the anomaly in that he is um the leader of men but also down in the nitty-gritty of uh, of the game plan generally speaking they the, a guy is either a leader of men or a technician or what else and every, and, and his coordinators cede that control to him um, but coordinators, Shermer might be one of those guys who's a classic great coordinator who's not a leader of men. I'm sure. not trying to diminish him as a human being, but um, it's starting to shape up that he that he's the uh, opposite of Herm Edwards, as an example. Herm Edwards is probably not a great coordinator, but walks into a room, he can oversee, he's a manager of, uh, uh, he's the foreman kind of vibe uh, down at Arizona State and prior to that, obviously, in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I don't get that. Now, before we move on, well, a couple other things I want to kibitz about here. And one of them is back to Tom Brady. And people got upset with me in the New England area, specifically spaghetti, because this doesn't apply just to the Patriots, but um, I'm not talking about a good player moving on. You ha- you're a Giants guy. I'm not talking about what happens when Eli moves on, but you did feel that dynamic a year ago when they set- sat him down for Geno Smith and New York sports fans went crazy, disrespectful, mm. so on and so forth. How dare you attempt to move on while we have this uh, this legend, this icon um, in New York sports right there. This uh, He deserves better than that. So I floated what happens in 2020 as things track in my book to Tom Brady not being on the Patriots next year. And let's say hypothetically he isn't. I don't know what's going to happen with Brady, but it feels that way to me. And may, uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong. But OK, just for fun sake. And by the way, hard boiled people who don't want sports to be fun or for spectators to, to be allowed to debate these things, barroom uh, debate style. I don't know where your sense of fun comes from. Talking about politics, I don't. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what you enjoy. This is supposed to be a fun diversion for us, so there's no reason to get so angry about such things. But I floated the hypothetical: What if Brady moves on, 
and the Patriots go 13. What, what if they go and get Andy Dalton to be the replacement? And Andy Dalton takes over and goes 13 and three and wins the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, what if it's Jared Stidham and he goes 13 and three and wins the Super Bowl? Won't there be a part of you as a Patriots fan that feels like, huh? Tom, you know, I guess Tom wasn't the essential item and it was Belichick who was the more essential figure in this Patriots run. And as a result, then you're cheering for a coach. You're not cheering for laundry, as Jerry Seinfeld joked about, but you're cheering for like, see, it's the coach that makes all the difference. And to me, that's vaguely unsatisfying, especially if Tom Brady doesn't go off into the sunset. If Tom Brady says, the Patriots may not think I have something left, but I want to play another season. And now I'm going to go play for the Los Angeles Chargers as an example. What then? What if the Patriots with Andy Dalton or Jared Stidham in the playoffs? What if they went to the title game in the AFC and awaiting them were the Los Angeles Chargers helmed by their quarterback, Tom Brady? Doesn't that raise? I mean, obviously that's an on the nose hypothetical, but wouldn't that raise some conflicted emotions in, in the football fan? I I think there definitely are. He's a weird case because there definitely are some people who are pr- like Tom Brady fans and they want to see Tom Brady do well and they don't really care about Belichick or... or, or Those aren't Patriots. weird fans. I, I, I submit that younger fans, 21st century sports fans, the marketing analysts and otherwise will tell you that fans, young fans care more about stars than they do team brands. So that makes perfect sense to me. If you grew up and all you've ever known is not just the Patriots, but you know, the Tom Brady Patriots, I can absolutely see being kind of at, at best disinterested and at worst saying like, I hope Tom beats those Patriots. Uh, I, I mean, maybe, I mean, the NBA, I would say that definitely like it's a star driven league. Maybe if you're a casual hockey fan, you want to flock to the, you know, the Sidney Crosby's Penguins or because he's a name brand. But from my little experiences living up in Boston for, you know, better part of like four to six years from college is like, I think Patriots fans, the diehard Patriots fans love the arrogance and being like, we're smarter than you are always better than you. And I think that's kind of tied into Belichick and just like the brand of Patriots football. Whereas like if Tom Brady left, or let's just say he retires, and they go and get either at Stidham or it's whoever else on the on the open market. They draft a guy, and they go and win. They would absolutely love to say, "Wow, we move on from Tom Brady, and we're still the best team. We're still better than you. We're always going to be better than you. We ha- it's our we draft better than you. We coach better than you." I think they just like the, that arrogance of always being the upper class and no one's on their level. That being said, with like the Patriots, the best example I could give and like where I'm coming from is like say Derek Jeter for me as a Yankees fan. Derek Jeter moves on, but they go and replace him. They have Didi Gregorius, and you have probably now Glaber Torres is going to move over to shortstop. It's like, well, I I cried this year when they lost the Astros because I care about the 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 laundry, like you were saying. Like I care about the interlocking and why pinstripes, but I I want to see the team win. Now it doesn't take away from me loving Derek Jeter and what he's accomplished for us and being just the face of the franchise for two decades. But um, I'm not going to stop rooting for my baseball team because Derek Jeter is now living. I don't in his mean mansion. stop rooting for it, but lose a little bit of excitement for it. That's what happened to me as well, a Mario Lemieux fan when he though, retired. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't excitement raise though? If you say if you're on a 13 and three run with Andy Dalton, you're like, wow, we could do this again without Brady. Wouldn't you be more like? They're probably. I don't know if you have a 12 jersey and it's become and you are uh, standing for 12 as the goat all these years. Now all of a sudden he's gone and they keep on rolling. It would create some conflicted emotions and a lot of people in new england when i tweeted that out over the weekend said did it hurt joe montana when steve young took over and kept on going no it didn't it burnished 
of Montana's legacy because Steve Young continued to play the Niners continued to be great, except in January, they would come up short and it seemed like Steve Young got got by the pressure of having to take over for Joe Montana until he finally did get over the hump uh, three years into the gig. Then he remember him figuratively taking the monkey off his back at the end of that Super Bowl win against the Chargers. I think that so that's not a perfect comparison for my hypothetical, a completely made up nonsense, mm-hmm. but it's fun to talk about that. It's sort of. The Rick Pitino, actually, to keep in Boston sports, Rick Pitino famously, hey, Kevin McKay and Larry Bird and the chief ain't walking through that door right now. I kind of feel like I'm willing to trade. I know this is crazy. Um, I kind of understand, like, oh, it's a business, got to move on. Yeah, that's the, the, those are the guys running the business are in that frame of mind. Um, but you are, as a fan, you're not required to embrace that. You You're allowed to sort of say, I don't care. If Tom Brady wants to play again next year, we owe it to him to let him play until he decides he wants to walk away and he's our starting starting QB. Or shame the devil. That was basically the sentiment with Giants fans a year ago. Well, the Eli, he deserves better than this. Yeah, but shouldn't we see if Geno Smith or whomever is well, ready to do I agree something in, with it? I agree it's, in the uh, that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of getting. Starting Geno is probably the wrong thing because Geno had his shot with the Jets and he didn't pan out. I think people last year were mad that it wasn't um, uh, was it Kyle Lalletta who was the the rookie. They wanted to see a young guy to see if he could replace Eli. I think that's why there were a lot of Giants fans rooting against Geno Smith, and uh, that's why they didn't. You know, every every fan turned on McAdoo and and Jerry Reese because of that. But uh, I think, I mean, Tom Brady has the right to say when he's done, I'm done when I say I'm done and the Patriots should probably let him alone because what is what what he did for that franchise. But I think if you still ultimately sigh with Brady over the Patriots, you're I'm not sure I would consider you a real Patriots fan. You're more of just a Tom Brady fan. I'm just telling you what Patriots. my heart told me. It's not that I intellectually decided I'm not going to pay attention to the Penguins right. after Lemieux. I just found myself when I turned them on in October like, huh, something's missing here. Oh, uh, my favorite player on the team. Huh? I can't find myself uh, as excited about this. I, I can feel that dynamic. I would appre- I would uh, empathize with Patriots fans I, in 2020 watching it that way. I would say if they, and again, the hypothetical of Andy Dalton now being a New England Patriot, uh, if Andy Dalton led them on a 13-3 and Super Bowl run, I, the, the Patriots are lucky in the sense that they won the Super Bowl versus the Falcons, the 28-3, we all know that, and they won the Super Bowl versus the Seahawks with the, the, the Malcolm Butler interception. Because let's just say they lost those or they or they completely blew out the other team i think a lot of the fans would just like stop caring to an extent like oh, we won so many who cares like this is not fun anymore if they had to watch Andy dalton lead them 13 and 3 and battle let's say the ravens or battle out the chiefs or battle out Chargers, whoever team is good texans whoever is like good that year next year let's just say if and they somehow like you know just barely by like you know an inch squeaked by and they won the Lombardi trophy with Andy Dalton. I think every Patriots fan who was like, kind of like, Oh, we won so many. They'd be like, wow. Like we did it with this guy who was pretty league average. I think that's right. I, you know what? I, you know what? I guess it kind of comes down to if they win the Super Bowl this year, that, and Brady says, Oh yeah, I want to play next year. It's crazy. How I don't, I don't know how you, that, I mean, that, that gives it a new look. If the Patriots with Brady playing like this says, I want to be back in there. And Belichick says, I, I think we can do better. I mean, that reaction 
that I guess that kind of pushes gives you the gives you the look because of course practically they're playing the Texans on Sunday. If I said to, to Belichick straight up right now, we're making this trade right now, and you cannot walk out of the room uh, without an answer. Tom Brady for Deshaun Watson. Bill Belichick, a hundred percent, would do that. I just wonder would every Patriots fan sign off on that? No. I asked. I asked Ricky Tamposi. Yeah. I asked Ricky Hollywood that same question. She said, "No, we got to we got to die with Tom Brady. That's it." No, there there are a lot of Patriots fans are blockheads, and they don't. They just. Oh well, not. you disagree, but that doesn't invalidate. She's the Patriots fan, not you, and you're the one, and she's the one saying no, no. no, no. I think you take you take Deshaun Watson in a heartbeat, and you say, "Are you sure you don't want anything else with that? No other mid round, no other picks or players, because it's a it's a total steal." But I think. Th- some of those Patriots fans and maybe the ones you're talking about that would be upset. Um, they wouldn't care about the Patriots that they won without Tom Brady is the, the same people that are, they just blinded by their love of him, but I consider them more Tom Brady fanboys than an actual Patriots fan. Um, I hear you, but yes, I'm saying that's the reality of some uh, of the, the mindset of some fans. And in fact, not the mindset rather, it's what the heart tells you. That's what I always say. Spaghetti. I can't make these decisions all intellectually. I'm a sports fan. We're all deluded by rooting for what other people are doing. We watch them. That's our role in it. And by the way, again, everybody getting so upset about this. This isn't about you. You happen to have the guy who is this generation, at minimum, this generation's goat of pro football. At worst, he just for this generation, if not for all of time, the passing of that torch is fascinating stuff, and it will, whether you want to concede it or not. I'm not trying to knock down Tom Brady or the Patriots. I'm pointing out this is the what's going to be and uh, I'm I'm fascinated by it as a sports fan of of how you deal with that having sort of been through that myself one more thing speaking of sports fan I happen to be one and I watched the game in Cincinnati Queen City I don't know if you saw that one on Sunday spaghetti Mason Rudolph struggling mightily against the lowly Bengals a game that the Steelers really I I don't use must win but a game that they have to have they basically I don't know that they can stumble more than once the rest of the way down the stretch here. The one you would circle that they could lose, I guess, if they were to win out. But it's highly improbable when you're not playing uh, a uh, pro-level worthy offense that this team is capable of winning five games the rest of the way. I mean, they're not going to do that. So things would just have to break right. As I said, if they could get the nine wins, that would be a success for Mike Tomlin at this point. The question is, who do they start? At the time of this recording, still not announced. I can't imagine why Mike Tomlin would run uh, Mason Rudolph out there except to make a point that I'm not going to be dictated to by the media who I have to start as the quarterback. And I want to, not not just that. I could see Tomlin's mindset, being a coach's guy, being a player's guy, saying, I stand with Mason Rudolph. I believe Mason Rudolph's side of the story with Miles Garrett and all of that. And um, I'm not going to let that influence my decision. But the practical issues are, first of all, Mason Rudolph's just not playing well. That's, I mean, it's as simple as that. Reminder, though, or, or maybe this will shine a light on something that a lot of people don't seem to want to acknowledge. Duck Hodges is not, uh, <laughs> is, I mean, he's not Andy Dalton either. You know, I'm forget. I was going to say, a really good quarterback. He's not a league average quarterback. There is not a ro- there's not a quarterback on the Steelers roster that is going to win you games. At this point, don't lose games. And um 
it was on the cusp of Mason Rudolph losing the Steelers the game on Sunday. And I, at that point, said before the half, they need to go to Duck Hodges for a spark, a short-term spark. I don't know, ultimately, who's the better play in 2020. If, let's say, Roethlisberger, the assumption is his elbow's ready to go, then what do you do? I don't know about all that. I'm just thinking about right now. They have to win this game. They have to survive this Bengals game because division standings, conference standings, that could all come into play come uh, come wild card assessment time. Um, so they had to survive that game. And back to the point, the Cardinals, since that's an NFC team, they could lose at the Cardinals if they could somehow theoretically win the rest of their games. Um, but anyway, I think they have to go with, uh, with, with Duck here because, one, Mason Rudolph isn't playing well. But two, because of that outside noise, if this week is is filled with that the Browns are excited to get Mason Rudolph and Mason Rudolph on top of everything else is now hearing in in Pittsburgh, he is in the city of Pittsburgh right now. If he's hearing local media talk about it's got to be Duck Hodges, that's going to get in his head as well. The Browns are going to be making noise that they want Mason Rudolph once they get out onto the field on Sunday, at least. If it's Mason Rudolph out there, imagine the kind of stuff that's going to be shouted in his direction in that game for a guy who's already not playing well. What would you possibly force that? Why would you want to do that? Remove all that from the equation and go with the kid who doesn't have any of that baggage. Mike Tomlin could say, I'm not going to listen to that. I stand by this kid. He's been unfairly attacked by Miles Garrett and Cleveland and random people abroad. Um, I'm not going to let that take this kid down. I'm going with Mason Rudolph because in my book, he deserves it. And I think that you're uh, – I, I get the spirit of that, that I'm doing Mason Rudolph this solid as his head coach. I just think you're putting the kid into a tough spot that is ultimately not going to be helpful to him. I actually would start Mason Rudolph for a number of reasons. is because, one, it's a rival game for you. You're home. So you, you start him, and if he plays well and he gets, like, kind of this confidence, this morale boost back, and this, the fan base kind of rallies around him, going, like, yeah, we're beating the, you know, the hot shot, you know, trash-talking Browns. They'd feel great about it. The other thing, too, is, like, last week you were without James Conner, who was a very good running back, and you were without Juju Smith-Schuster, who I know hasn't having a great season, but he still, you know, commands the respect of your top cornerback uh, to cover him. So putting him in that game down, your two best weapons, is already hurting him to begin with. So I, I, and And the other thing is, it's kind of the same situation that we talked about with like Josh Rosen is that sometimes you're thrown in these situations, you're not given enough time, you're not given enough pieces around you and, and people are quick to judge and people are ready to write the book on you. And so you're, you're toast here. Like Rudolph is a rookie quarterback. Uh, uh, and he, I mean, he's in his, you know, getting his first crack to play this year rather. And he, it's okay if he struggles at points. And I'm, I'm not one person to say like, Oh, you, you know what? You just lost that game. You got to leave. You got to get out of here. Oh, you're missing your top receiver running back. Well, I don't care. You got to leave anyway. And put in the third stringer. I, I don't know. I don't like that. I, I think that that is legitimately what could happen here, here. Here. I completely agree with what you just said, that that's how this could wind up. Mason Rudolph conceivably could never start again. Like you know, this, this could, right be the this could basically be the story of his career right here with the baggage and everything else whether he deserves that or not um so i could see mike tomlin being motivated by that i just think that the better spot for him mentally and otherwise for mason rudolph's sake would be to go with duck hodges here and again understanding duck hodges is a backup as a free agent small guy 
um, who is not does not seem to the high end for him does not seem to be hoisting the Lombardi trophy at the end of this season or any other. There's a chance that if Duck Hodges struggles, that then you would say, okay, now we go with Mason Rudolph and you're putting him in a position to be potential hero there. And that would completely flip the script and be helpful to Mason Rudolph more so than jamming him into a spot where the, you know, the guy, those Browns are going to be out to get him there undoubtedly. And they're just going to be a world of pressure and forget it's even before you get to the Brown side of things internally, he has to understand the, the fans, the local media, and most importantly, his teammates probably want to see Duck Hodges. So why are you going to force that? I don't understand it. And hopefully it's all moot because I assume Tomlin will make the right choice here and go with Duck Hodges. Seems that way. But I, I still think if they come out hot and they score a bunch of points and they have a nice lead over the Browns and the crowd's rallying behind them, like, oh, see, Mason, like you could do it. You could you could still even with, and I'm not sure, if, I mean, you'd know more than me what the status right now is of Juju and Connor if they're going to play versus the Browns because obviously that's a, that's a major help. Um, but I just for some reason lately in the NFL, it's like, oh, you, you get like three or four games to impress the media. And if the people start tweeting negative, about it, they, they get rid of you. And that's that. And it's like not every quarterback has to be Aaron Rodgers. It's OK if a quarterback is is middle of the pack. And that means like kind of like in a Jared Goff situation where it's like you have to have a great O-line. You have to have a really good running back. You have to have a bunch of targets and have to have a coach who's competent. And then once you have all those pieces, then he could lead your team. And I think certain scenarios, the O-line, you know, normally should be good for the Steelers, but it has been great in every game and you have you know missing your top receiver and your top running back is never going to help any quarterback out so I'm I'm more patient with that um, maybe it's because I'm, I'm a, a dumb Giants fan who's seen the last couple years of Eli but I just think that you have to sometimes the perfect scenario is you have to just strive for that and help the quarterback out it's okay if he is a somewhat of a passenger and especially in a year where you lost Ben Roethlisberger and you never really think it's through ball to begin with it's like well I would just keep riding Mason Rudolph out anyway it's no point of playing a third stringer who doesn't really have a future in the in the NFL. Yeah, it's, I just I, I I think the bottom line is I now am skeptical enough about both guys that I don't see either one is. I mean I, I don't see either guy. We've seen Duck Hodges you know play a game plus now, so we we don't know anything about him. But he's not certainly. I, I highly doubt that if the Steelers decide by you know on january 1st like yeah mason rudolph i don't think he can do it for us for all of 2020 if roethlisberger's elbow ain't right i'm positive they don't think that about duck hodges so um and i i'm sufficiently skeptical and you know like that could be another aspect of tomlin's thinking is if we go short term here with duck hodges He's not our answer in 2020, and we don't know what's going on with Tomlin's with uh, Roethlisberger's elbow. And short of doing something in free agency or reaching in the draft to get somebody, which of course they don't have a first round pick, um, I wonder if they feel like, well, we can't throw Mason Rudolph out because he might be our starting quarterback in 2020. I don't know. So it's, uh, but I do know that in the here and now, there's no doubt that May, that Duck Hodges has to start again, because of even without the bad performance in Cleveland right now, what we saw just based on uh, what happened in Queen City on Sunday, you got to roll with Duck Hodges and uh, 
and let him fail before you put Mason Rudolph back in there. Anyway, all right, Spaghetti, let's get out of here because, uh, you know, a lot of people have the whole week off and we don't want to talk too much. And we still have our Wednesday show to do with Handsome Hank Hodgson and Cole Wright and you, Eddie Spaghetti, picking all the week 13 games for you, some juicy ones on the ledger. So you want to be around for that. The Ravens and Niners getting it on. Um, the well, we actually well, we'll pick we'll do Cowboys. Bills is a fascinating one. A lot of good ones as we get closer and closer to um, to the wrap of the regular season. Then on to January, both sides of the playoff picture starting to really get exciting too. What uh, what those potential matchups in Wild Card Week look like. But anyhow, hope you're having a good uh, week. Uh, Thanksgiving week. Make sure you check out Dave's of Thunder football fact check over there on the athletic so on and so forth back in a couple days till then thanks so much football fans been a thin slice of heaven you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.